Hi, ADHDers, and welcome to the KDHD Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and you're probably here because you've heard, you don't have ADHD, I would have seen the signs. Well, I'm here to help you on this journey of understanding your ADHD and how it impacts your mental health, relationships, careers, and even your body. I've invited some wonderful ADHD professionals and experts to help us learn how to cope with our challenges, but also utilize our strengths. So here we go. Today's guest is Kate Mori Youssef. She is a mom of four, podcaster, and lifestyle coach, here to tell how a late diagnosis changed her life and how she's empowering other women to rediscover their confidence and well-being. I, I'm excited. I'm just going to sit here and try not to interrupt, and I'm just going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Um, so I would love to hear your story. So my story is that it was locked down like so many other people we were homeschooling and if you actually fast forward I've got a daughter who we were not quite sure if she was dyslexic or dyspraxic I knew that something was going on with her learning Mm -hmm. but because she was sort of like seven eight nine at the time and and it just I just couldn't put my finger on what was going on I just knew that despite her being a lovely happy lively friendly little girl you know she really did just tick all the boxes something else was going on with regards to her learning and we never got a I, I got tested I got a test for dyslexia and dyspraxia again she may have been too young she was eight at the time but nothing really came back that conclusive that there were possible you know inclinations towards that and then it was only when we were sat with her homeschooling and we saw that she found it really difficult to sit on on a chair then we I just noticed that there were certain things that she just really struggled to focus on and there was lots of reading and comprehensions that it was just like she'd look at all the text and just get so overwhelmed and then it would be a huge meltdown there was a lot of meltdowns a lot of emotional dysregulation around our expectations and not really having the support that she needed not having a teacher there it was very very challenging and then I just had this like epiphany I just kind of thought I wonder if it is ADHD because there's ADHD in my family there's a lot in with I've got two brothers so I'll sandwich between two brothers with ADHD but I'd really never come across it with girls there was you know the odd person here and there I'd heard mention it with girls but it was just never on my radar and I just decided to just just kind of go into the full Google you know um tunnel and I just it was like you know, like in a cartoon where like things just started going off and fireworks and orchestras were playing. Yeah. And I realized that this was what was going on. There was, she had problems with memory retention. There was emotional um, dysregulation after school. You know, when I knew now what I know is that she'd been focusing so hard at school that she'd come home and it would just be like, she'd let it all out. Both got a diagnosis within um, one assessment so I had like a two or three hour assessment but I had to kind of there had to be some personal statements from different family members and we had to kind of do something similar with Tally my daughter and she we both passed the test with flying <laughs> colors you know like high level but and we, we had it at the same like literally within a week or two which was really helpful for her because it was very much like okay you're not on your own here we're learning this together So I was doing loads of research and trying to help her. And she felt really relieved that she knew what was going on. I felt really relieved. You know, 
obviously it was a bumpy journey, um, questioning, and she was like annoyed and angry. Like, why do I have to have this? Why have you given me this? You know, why have you given me your rubbish jeans and, and all these different things that she was you know, <laughs> saying to me. But in essence, I think she was just really relieved that she understood. And actually we went backwards and forwards about medication and mm-hmm. we decided that the medication was going to be a good thing for her while she was homeschooling. And it was just overnight and we saw it and we were so emotional because she went off to her room and she just started working. She just went upstairs on her own without anyone sitting with her. And she just banged out like the most amazing work. We were blown away and we were, and my husband was more hesitant with all of this. He was, he wasn't kind of on the ADHD kind of ride with us. So he was a bit like, really, are we really doing this? Is this really necessary? Are you sure? Like lots of questioning. Mm -hmm. To the point where I got quite quite invalidated about it. It's really hard not to get defensive or take things, you know, personally or or you know, especially because you're not only advocating for yourself, but you're advocating for your daughter who's who's going through the same thing. And I think it's probably really good because you're able to support her and understand her because of the same things that you're experiencing as well. Yeah. And it was very much like there was not many things in my life that I felt so profoundly right about. And this was one of them. It was Mm -hmm. just like, I know in the face (laughs) of my stomach that this is what's been going on for me and for her. So, and and again, I don't want to gloss over like with the medication, it has also been a bit of a bumpy journey, but the first week we, she, we really saw her capabilities. We saw her potential in Mm -hmm. a whole new light. And that was the beginning of her starting to believe in herself because she had a lot of self-esteem issues. It's helped with her comprehension of the subject. It helped her with the retention of of the information. That was kind of where it all started from. And we just did lots of reading. We listened to some cool podcasts and she started understanding. And then she just said to me, mommy, I don't want to talk about ADHD anymore. (laughs) You're like, well, I just, I'm going to start a podcast about it. So... (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like realized that she just was really happy knowing that that's what was going on, but she didn't want it to define her and she doesn't let it define her. She just gets on with it. And and again, we she picks and chooses when she wants to take medication. And we, we've kind of come to an agreement of we come together as a team and it's really it's really good because I want to empower her with choices. Yeah. So I'm not saying again that we've we know what we're doing, but right now, right here at her age, yeah, she's thriving, she's doing well. And, um, and I just hope that, you know, it continues that she starts to realize we, we've had lots of conversations about lifestyle and food and exercise and how she can help herself and how important yeah. sleep is and all these things that all I want her to grow up as a woman to know that she can help herself in certain ways and there are going to be challenges. Mm-hmm. And she has to find these tools that are going to work for her that she can, you know, when it comes to different stages in her life, hormones, all these different things that are going to come into play that I hope to God that she will feel that she's got enough tools in her belt or she knows where to go to ask for help. Like she knows where to delegate. She knows where to, who to speak to and what books to read and podcasts. Like that's all I want because the thought of her flailing around yes I did you know until I was 40 yeah yeah and then I just kind of realized from my story that it was I was kind of like intuitively 
doing things to help calm my nervous system to calm me down and balance me and I didn't know what was wrong I thought I was really hypersensitive I was kind of a bit neurotic and I kind of I like all these negative words yeah I was just very precious like I had to really look after my well-being to feel like an uneven keel whereas other people were on an even keel without having to do all the hard work that I was doing you know like you said neurotic or eccentric like those are things that we've heard our our entire lives and and I think we've all you know, had something in the back of our mind that was just like, why are, why are certain things so hard? Or why am I taking this so personally? Like you're talking about almost like self-soothing is you've spent your whole life learning how to cope and how to live with ADHD without knowing you even had it. And it's like, now I'm looking back, especially with all of these resources that we have with social media and the internet. And I'm realizing, oh, I was doing some of these things before. And I just didn't know because I've had to learn how to survive. And I've, you know, we're always looking for that thing to fix us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's so many different things I've already tried. (laughs) And then, you know, you kind of figure out what works for you with this, with same thing with medication is this trial and error of life. And it's so good to finally have an answer that goes, oh, Mm. okay. There, you know, that, that thing in the back of my head, that's been always kind of curious. I finally have an answer to and it, it is so empowering and it's, it's so helpful. And, and, um, it brought a lot of peace to me, mm-hmm. you know, those things make sense now, you know, it, yeah. it makes sense why I was called space cadet or my family would call me hurricane Katie, because mm-hmm. I would go in the kitchen, I'd get something and I leave the cabinet door open or I forget to close the drawer. Or I have a snack in the middle of the night and I, I leave everything out. And I, I, I have to explain to people that I I do not do anything maliciously at all, ever. It's not like I purposely am forgetful or space cadet or or whatever. And I I try really hard. And I think that's one thing that people need to realize is that we are trying. (laughs) I think with with late diagnosis, it's such an empowering thing and it it brings so so much peace to people. And that's a question I get a lot is that, you know, is it too late? Or should I even, if I already know I have ADHD, you know, is it, is it too late? Should I, should I even, is it worth it to get diagnosed? And I'm wondering from your story, what would you say to women who wonder if it's too late or, you know, if it's, if it's too late or if it's even worth it to get diagnosed, Mm. to get that answer from a doctor? I do think it is very personal. I think um, I speak to different women and some women are like, well, I know I've got it. I don't need a doctor to validate that for me, Mm -hmm. especially if these crazy waiting times here in the UK. um, Yeah if you can't afford to pay privately. So it it really is a a very personal thing. I do know from my perspective, it really validated. It was, I needed that because I probably would have wondered and I probably would have spent way too much headspace. Should I, shouldn't I, have I, haven't I? Am I making excuses? I would have just gone round and round. So that kind of stamp of validation from the doctor was just like, okay, there it is, a psychiatrist (laughs) with like eight years of training exactly. has told me that this is a neurological, um, you know, issue that's have had all my life. And, um, this is why I struggle with X, Y, and Z. This is why I'm anxious. This is why I do X, you know, all the different things. And it really helped my husband as well. I have to say that he, instead of all the things that he used to kind of like joke about, <laughs> he understands, he goes, yeah. there's a real reason why I get anxious about things. There's a real reason why I'm sensitive. He sees my executive dysfunctioning and now helps me like he genuinely he says you know what instead of me laughing at you that you can't fill in this form I'm gonna help you as much <laughs> as possible and he does and he kind of like sometimes I think 
am I, you know, should I really let him do this? But other times I realize he's just been really helpful that he's like printed out the form for me. He's crossed where I need to fill things in. (laughs) He said to me, you need to make sure that your handwriting fits in this box. And I think, you know what? He's being so helpful because sometimes when he's in the kitchen and he's not reading a recipe properly or he doesn't understand why he should use this herb and not that herb, I help him. It's always so good to have, you know, the actual diagnosis to show people like your your husband, you know, like this, this is something I have always struggled with. And for people with ADHD, especially me, is I hate asking for help. I mm-hmm. feel like, but I don't even want to explain, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to have to sit here and explain to you everything I need help with. So I'm just going to plow through it myself. And, and yeah. that's not healthy is we, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to mm-hmm. go, I'm really struggling with this. I was really lucky. My boyfriend is a special education teacher. So I got extra lucky because he is able to support me in ways that no one understands or is or really is able to. And so he's able to look at it, see the diagnosis, understand where I need support and is able to help me. And that's, that's so great. And that kind of helps me lead into the next question is after you get that diagnosis, you have the piece of paper and you're walking out of the, you know, the doctor's office, what do you do now? Like who, how do you tell your friends and family who've known you your whole entire life, you know, even the people mm-hmm. that poked f- fun at you or, you know, the person who's like, yeah, you can't shut cabinet doors or whatever. And now you have to tell them like, Hey, mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm actually, you know, diagnosed with ADHD. So, and, and I think a lot of people struggle with that as they don't know how to, t- to tell their family. Yeah. I think, um, you know what, I struggled with this one and I, I realized I just needed some space and time to process so what I did was I, we didn't tell anyone and I told my, I did, I think I told my parents, but I still t- waited. I really <laughs> just knew I needed time to process mm-hmm. and I didn't want to have to feel invalidated or judged or explain yes. myself. I thought, you know what, other people's opinions on this isn't important to me right now. I need to really kind of go there myself and start reflecting. And mm-hmm. I, it was a real process. And I remember, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I went on quite a few Facebook groups and I started reading. Some of the posts were really helpful and some were incredibly triggering. I didn't want to read those posts because I knew that I hadn't, I'd struggled, but I wasn't to that level. So I didn't want to feel like an imposter as well. So there was lots of things where I could relate and I couldn't relate. And I realized that it was really important for me just to have that space. And then there were certain people I trusted, like it was just people that intuitively I knew that wouldn't judge, wouldn't judge, be really interested, would understand. And I gently told those people. So it was like one, one week I tell one person, realize after a long time in the coaching, like being a coach and, and working with people that I was kind of attracting the women who were similar to me. So then I realized, okay, maybe I should this open this space up for women with ADHD, but now I have to talk about it on social media. And that was (laughs) really scary. And really the thought of being visible and talking about it, I have to say, it's been, it's been a long process. I've tried to listen to myself, my body, my intuition, Mm -hmm. you trusted what was right at the time. So the stuff I share now on social media, there's no way I would have shared six months ago. (laughs) probably in six months time I'm probably going to share stuff that I would never share now so I feel like just go at it your own speed if you've got a really amazing family that you know will support you go for it if you've got family that 
already you're feeling a little bit judged by or already you're feeling like they're going to trigger you in some way you know you've got someone to support you I'd say definitely choose at least one person who can help you process that yeah if not go to a therapist go to a coach find someone who understands this process and I've actually got on my website a free guide uh, for kind of this process where you can um you can download it and it's basically the what if what what's the next steps of you know if what what if I think I've got ADHD so I've kind of given lots of tips about boundaries and I think that's really important is that we we really manage our boundaries on this one talk about what we want to talk about when we want you know if we want to distance ourselves from certain people who energetically aren't you know maybe they're gonna make us feel that we you know almost kind of like gaslighting us a little bit like really you've really got ADHD like how can girls have ADHD like so together on the outside if you don't want if you know who those people are like manage that put your boundaries up exactly yeah that's what I would say just listen to yourself for once trust yourself for once this is the time now to start trusting what you Mm -hmm. know is true and I think that's really important is to listen to yourself because the there's a lot of people who get diagnosed by a doctor like me. I did so much research. I, I did exactly what you did as I, when I was diagnosed or before I was diagnosed and I, I thought I had ADHD, I went and I just did as much research on ADHD and women and young girls. And then I found all of the things that I presented as ADHD in girls. And, and I wrote down all the things that were related to ADHD in my life and in my childhood. And I made a video (laughs) and I, you know, I started my first video and I said, you know, you've probably heard, you know, you don't have ADHD. I would have seen the science because so many people are going to hear that in their life. They're going to hear somebody tell them, you know, you don't have ADHD. I would have seen the signs like somebody Mm -hmm. outside of your life who has no idea what it feels like on the inside is going to invalidate you in some way is going to tell you, no, you don't. And so I think for me, that video was so healing for me because it was like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no here are the signs. I, yeah. I've been struggling with this my entire life. And I mean, I think it's at 8 million views on TikTok right now. My first, my first ADHD video I ever made. And so I had only been deep diving in ADHD for about a week before that video. And so, so much of my life has changed now and I've learned so much more. And I've, the ADHD community is second to none. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. And there's so many great people and women out there that have been through the same things, women who are coaches who are putting together packets like you're talking about to help people with those next steps are so important because we need that validation and to to hear somebody else invalidate you can be really defeating, especially if you've just went through all the time and work to get diagnosed, to walk out the door and the first thing you hear is that it's wrong. Yeah. That that might send somebody into a tailspin and that might be really hard on somebody who's already struggling. And so like you were saying is waiting until you feel comfortable, till you feel like you can you can handle that, I think is, is really important. And, and finding a community, reaching out to a close friend who probably understands. You were saying about how, you know, being ADHD, you often um, connect with other people who are similar. And I think mm-hmm. there's gotta be somebody in everybody's friend group who does, who maybe doesn't have ADHD, but maybe is who knows you in a way that when you tell them they're, they're not going to invalidate you. And I think that, you know, even talking to a therapist or a community, I, I have so many women out there who write me and say that, you know, they have ADHD, but they haven't, you know, told anyone. And it's like, you know, that's part of everybody's process and it, it can be as long as you want, 
or as short as you want. If you want to make a video on TikTok, I can't go back and hide anymore. <laughs> Uh, it's it's very much out there that I have ADHD and and I still sit down sometimes and wonder is this you know all in my head am I am I making this up am I being over dramatic and I I have to actually go back and think about the times as a kid where I wouldn't have had the capacity to make this up and so I'm wondering if there was any signs in your early childhood as a, as a young girl that now you're like oh my gosh uh that was ADHD, you know, and I'm, I'm just wondering if, if you experienced any of those as well. Yeah, I mean, I think what you were just saying then is is so much of it of like hiding and not talking about it. There's a stigma, isn't mm-hmm. there, of yes. like the boys and which is why sadly this, even though in our community of ADHD and all these amazing women, we're all talking about it, the wider public still, if they're not you know, involved in anything ADHD, mm-hmm. just don't get it. They just oh, see it in this one-dimensional, and and that's why you know that's what's amazing about depression and anxiety that the conversations are out there, so people know what depression looks like. People kind of understand what anxiety is. Those mm-hmm. mental health conversations are happening, but that's like 20, 30 years in the making of people talking about it. So it's it's so there's a lot of learning and learning to do. So going back that's why so many girls are being missed and that's why I was missed because it was only the boys you know back in the 80s and 90s when I grew up that was um that was the only person so I was I look back at my old school reports actually for validation and it was this general theme of Kate is a lively member of the class (laughs) Kate likes to talk too much and chats to her friends Kate forgets to hand her homework in on time Kate would do better if she spent more you know went into more detail um, what else did it used to say Kate sometimes is daydreaming if Kate put more effort in than she would you know so there was that very common thread and I just remember as a, as a kid like having this wild imagination which led me to feeling like waking up in the night with crazy like worries and anxiety so this wild imagination fed into nighttime being scared and I see this you know I've got a couple of daughters who have had this so I just think our rest, the restlessness of the hyperactivity of the boys mm-hmm. manifests for women in restless minds, anxiety, ongoing thought patterns, never being able to shut off our, our thoughts, you know, especially when we lie down and everything's quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is. And then so, yes, 100 percent. I look I look at it and I and I see. But I also see like the funny th- stuff as well. You know how what you mentioned is like I, w- I was a lot of fun with my friends. But I also needed downtime. I remember, you know, I didn't want to go to that sleepover because I just needed time on my own. Like I just knew I didn't need to be in that kind of big party because that was quite overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But when I was with my group of friends and we were like laughing, going crazy, making up all silly dances and, you know, (laughs) all these funny things that I kind of think, you know what? Like, yeah, if you're a woman, you've got ADHD, you're very likely to be creative imaginative starting new businesses for lots of friends from different walks of life but you also need like a lot of downtime a lot mm-hmm. of quiet time a lot of um introspection a lot of time where you just need to shut out the world because when when you're on full speed everything's going and we have to kind of almost um manage that in a, in a way that's also quite extreme with just mm-hmm. locking ourselves away from people and noise and I stimulation. Think, 
I think that's like the best thing to, to bring up is that I, on my report cards, I always, you know, Katie is a joy to have in class, but, you know, mm. has a hard time not distracting others. Cause I love to talk. I I'm was a class clown, but I was never disruptive. So it's like, I feel like women with ADHD often get like, we just slide through the cracks in a way. It's like, I wasn't such a good student that teachers were like lining up to talk about me, but I wasn't so disruptive that I was being sent out of the class for behaviors. I was in the middle just struggling and, and I would struggle to get those C's and D's. I, I would struggle to get there and, and to do well. But then if it was something I was passionate about, if it was something I was interested in, whether it was oceanography or if it, whether it was art or something, I would exceed above anybody else in class. And so it's like admiring your strengths and, and then also looking out for those signs as a kid. If you did struggle with certain things, like, you know, being distracted, being a daydreamer. My favorite story is that for me, that was a big sign for me is that my parents, I was, I was an active child. I was a gymnast for a very long time. I'm four nine. So I'm really little. Um, and so my parents signed me up for t-ball thinking, oh, she really likes gymnastics and things like that. She'll love t-ball. Well, I, they put me out in the outfield and I would sit in the grass and I would pick daisies while the entire game was playing, kids were hitting balls and kids are running. And I'm sitting there in the field, picking daisies, making little flower crowns, you know, looking at the ladybugs. And my parents are sitting in the stands going, Katie, you know, there's a ball that just <laughs> flew right past you. What, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I was in my own, own little world. And that should have been definitely a sign, you know, early on that they would have been, should have been like, huh. But I think, I think now things are changing. I think people are because we're having conversations like this and mm -hmm. we're talking, we're being vulnerable and being open about our past experiences. I think so many women can relate to those stories or those report cards that say, you know, they're, they're so lovely in class. They just need to, yeah. you know, stop talking and listen, or, you know, they need to do turn in their homework or do their homework. And it's just kind of funny. Cause I think that that is almost an experience that not a lot of people understand, but, but other women with ADHD can tell the same exact story. Their report cards are the same. And it's so nice to have that community of women who understand that, you know, just because on the outside, it didn't look like we were struggling. It's like, we really were. And, and our hyperactivity might not be on the outside. It, it's definitely on the inside. My brain is, is never quiet. Um, sleep. <laughs> Sleep is fun. I mean, I, I've always struggled with, with um, different sleep disorders, insomnia, nightmares, night terrors. You know, I, I have this terrible habit of waking up at three in the morning almost every night. And then I get on my phone and I'm reading emails or I come up with an idea or I write a script for the show. And it, it's so hard. I feel like I've never had what you, like you said, I've never had a peaceful mind. I've, al I've always had a restless mind. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's any, you know, tips that you have to help help other women like us who do have a hard time just just calming calming down their mind and and mm -hmm. and giving some peace to their restless mind yeah yeah no absolutely oh my god I mean this is what I do this is yeah. like, you know, like, for me it's, it's very much it's just making mindful choices every day of how we can slowly steer that boat away from you know the the, the sleeplessness the whether it's the binge eating, the lack of mm -hmm. motivation for exercise, just learning little 
you know, tips through the day that's really going to help you. Um, I trained in EFT, which is emotion, emotional freedom technique. Um, the tapping that is incredibly helpful. It's very calming. It's really um, it reduces cortisol in your body. It helps your nervous system. I, I trained in that before I was diagnosed because I couldn't understand how this amazing technique was helping me calm my mind down. So I had a lot more clarity. And I was able to gain more perspective. And I just, even if I wasn't talking and doing the tapping and talking while I was doing the tapping, just mm -hmm. the tapping alone on the acupressure point is very, very calming in the body. So I would definitely suggest, you know, that and I've got some mm -hmm. videos and stuff on my website that people can go to and lots of magnesium mm -hmm. exercise every day in whatever you can and when I say exercise I don't mean like hardcore training in the gym I just mean movement whatever movement walking swimming dancing yoga how whatever lights you up that you want to do that mm -hmm. makes you feel fulfilled move your body every day and then it is it's being it is making mindful choices about the food we eat, the caffeine we drink, the sugar we intake, mm -hmm. um, supplements that you can take. There's so many amazing supplements out there that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing anything this and are struggling. But oh, if yeah. you do a little tweak here and there, you might start noticing. So now I, I have a lot of stuff that I have to do during the day and take and eat and drink and but that's just part of my routine and I, yeah. and it just, you know, it works and it happens. I walk my dog every day because that's what I know I have to do. Otherwise I'm a nightmare to live with. I'm irritable, <laughs> ratty, intolerant, impatient, whatever, all the words that you want to say. But if I had my one hour walk with my dog every day and it's one hour mm. where I could be watching TV, I could be sitting on social media, I could be watching Netflix, but I choose that this is more important. This is what's going to, make me feel calmer and more balanced it's going to be better for my family my kids it's mm -hmm. better for me I need that fresh air I need that literally the somatic movement of walking yes clears energy negative energy if I'm irritable but also I think we're so you know we, we hyper focus on our, our work you know if we're doing something that we're really passionate about <laughs> it's hard so to stop sucks us in like we can get sucked in so easily and goes by five hours and we've not eaten we've not drunk we've not been to the bathroom mm -hmm. we've not moved our body and then we worry wonder why we're feeling full of tension I do that all the time is it's like I often joke that I feel like time is different for me I feel like I experience time so differently I I swear I just I just like you said hyper focus I hyper focus on something and I'm all in and everything around me doesn't exist anymore. You know, my hunger pains, my, um, the things that tell me I need to go use the restroom or, you know, things like that. And all of a sudden I zoom out and I'm like, oh no. And I'm looking at the clock and three hours have gone by. I'm like, how, how is this time management is just something else. And I'm, I'm still working on that, but something you're saying is about little tweaks. And I think that's so important because when you think about change and you think about, you know, bettering yourself or, or supporting yourself in certain ways, I think we all get scared to make these huge changes. And it's like, I've lived this way my whole life. And, and, you know, if you do these huge changes, you probably won't be as consistent with them or stick with them. If you ease into it, you're more likely to, to, to see the improvement in those changes. And it's just going to be easier for you to dip your toe in, like you said. And I think that's so important is like, 
thinking about taking on something big is always so overwhelming and scary, especially if you have ADHD and you're not interested <laughs> in it. You know, it's not something we're excited about. You know, we all want to change. We all want to improve and be better and be stronger. And, you know, it's, it's definitely more, it can be more challenging with ADHD. But I also think that, like I said, we're so resilient and we're so strong and, and we're so creative. And, and um, I think that our willpower is, is, is incredible um, when we really want something. And I think a lot of women with ADHD don't know where to start. And so give, you're making this kind of like this aid kit for them. And I think that's so special. It's like when you're going through something or you just need a little bit more support to go look at that and look at maybe try the EFT or, or take a walk or, you know, just put your phone down and I, like all, everything I do is on social media. So there's no line for me for if it's working or playing, because I'm, I'm usually doing both at the same time. And, and even though I'm not scrolling on TikTok or I'm not scrolling on Instagram, I'm on there about 90% of my day. And so it's so hard for me to put my phone down and just go, just go outside, take your shoes off, put your feet in the grass and just like, think about some things you're thankful for and grateful for. And, um, that's been really helpful to me is like to be outside and then also just look inward and look mm -hmm. inward on what I'm, what I'm really struggling with. Cause I think that with ADHD, sometimes our emotions take over and we're not able to actually understand what, what is triggering us. And so I think that's so important is to stop and go, okay, where is my anxiety coming from? Why is my mind racing? Is there something I can do to support that or, or, or do that? And it's, it can be hard to get off that hamster wheel for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the awareness, once you've got that self-awareness where you can see what you're doing and you can mm -hmm. see, oh, I've been sat at my desk now for three hours. <laughs> like we, we can start but like hacking our own brain and kind of get, getting ahead of ourselves and saying kind of knowing, well, if I sit here for any longer, I'm going to feel X, Y, and Z, you know, later on in the evening. I'm going to mm -hmm. be so burnt out, but I can't make dinner and I can't eat healthily. And then I'm going to sleep, sit on the couch. I'm not going to be able to move. And then I'm going to be on the couch all the evening and I'm not going to get a good night's sleep or I'm not mm -hmm. going to have that shower. Or, I'm, you know, we we can look ahead and we can try and backtrack a little bit. Yes. Go, where, where can I where can I help myself here? And, mm -hmm. and again, like you said, it doesn't have to be loads of changes all in one week. Yeah. Like just little tiny changes that we can just bring in that, you know, in a year's time, we look back and go, actually, you know, I've changed. I've, I've brought in a different habit. I've stopped doing that. And yep. recognizing that importance of, even if you can't do anything and going to bed half an hour earlier, if, you, if that's going to have a knock-on effect for the rest of the day, that half an hour earlier means that you wake up half an hour early means that you can maybe do a gratitude practice. You can mm -hmm. do some breath work in the morning or you've got time to go for that walk before you start, you know, your emails. These, it all has a knock-on effect mm -hmm. because then you go for a walk and you listen to an inspiring podcast and that inspires you to do something else. It, it all has lots of um, knock-on effects that doesn't have to happen overnight. And, yeah. and it, it's just telling ourselves that, even though we've lived with this all our lives, we don't have to live like this forever. We can just make small changes. Exactly. It's, 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 it's so important to look back to on progress you've made as well. And I think that's so important is I think a lot of times we get caught up on where we are and then we don't often look back and go, but you know what? I have made these little changes. I've improved. I've really been trying to improve on this and I can look back and see that I've made that progress as well. And I think that's 
really important for everybody's self-esteem is to once in a while look back and and go wow i've i've come i've come a long way you know mm -hmm. and i i am taking the steps i need to make these changes and um to feel a little bit of empowerment from that and then another thing i wanted to ask you is because i was diagnosed last year um and so many women have been diagnosed in the past, I want to say year, maybe two years, is what is your prediction or what is your theory on why so many women are being diagnosed? Was it, you know, the pandemic? Do you think it's social media? Like what for you, is there something that you're like, I think, I kind of think that's what started this catalyst, mm -hmm. I guess, is what is your theory on late diagnosis and, and what the, what started it, I guess? Yeah, I think. I think there's lots of different factors in the sense that probably social media has helped the awareness definitely and I'm not on TikTok but I know that you know the awareness on TikTok has exploded and I th you know what I think it's so much more common than we think it is in women oh yes so many women who are you know have been medicated for anxiety and depression and borderline personality disorder and they've got they've had problems you know just with disordered eating and there's they've not quite ticked boxes they've yeah. just not quite ticked you know that they've exactly got that and they've exactly got this mm -hmm. so and that's why an ADHD is a hard one because very often when you are treating the root of the ADHD a lot of the other stuff goes away you know or is it, it, it it's managed better mm -hmm. but when you're just treating one thing one arm of it like the depression anxiety yeah. you know, disordered eating doesn't quite go away because the ADHD isn't being um isn't being identified and is not being whether it's medicated or you're getting the therapy or all sorts of things mm -hmm. so I think there's um the awareness is building. I think resources are growing. People are training. People are understanding. Women yeah. are speaking out. The media are doing, you know, great work getting articles out there. But I work with clients who are in their fifties and sixties, and these women have struggled, you know, for since they were younger. So if someone in their seventies is is now getting diagnosed, and I do know women in their oh 70s yeah diagnosed. Mm -hmm. They are struggling, you know, back from 50, 60 years ago. So ADHD has always been there and I can see it in my family where mm -hmm. in the family tree where there was just some people who were just, and I'm saying quote unquote odd, eccentric, had yeah. mental health problems, but no one quite knew what was going on. Uh, and, and these are the things that we need to be looking out for in our family, like family tree, family patterns, generational mm -hmm. cycles of, um, you know, again, sad to say it, like dysfunctional parenting, parenting, parents that didn't quite know how to look after themselves they struggled yeah. the whole lives and then they brought kids in who were also struggling and they just didn't have the resources and the capacity yeah. well, there's a like, lot of trauma involved with oh my gosh um, yeah with kids growing up in ADHD households because parents were undiagnosed themselves yeah so I think there is definitely it's just a lot of self-reflection mm -hmm. but the more we have these conversations the more the doctors, the therapists, the psychologists are going to be seeing it. And we recognize that it's not this, this uncommon trait. It's not this yeah. uncommon thing that is, wow, you're a woman, you've got ADHD. It's like, actually, there's so many of this out, out there. There's so many women out yeah. there successful with kids, without kids, doing all their yeah. things that just thought there was something a bit wrong with them and they needed fixing. I just get so frustrated because I get so many comments a day like, 
oh, TikTok is making ADHD a trend. Everyone has ADHD. And it's like, no, 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 no. All, all these women who are getting diagnosed with ADHD, it's because they had ADHD their entire lives. But they're finding out because of TikTok and because of social media and because doctors are being more open to it, that they were missed. You know, it. Mm. we've been here the entire time. But because of the DSM and because of how all the qualifications didn't really put an attentive in there and they didn't really talk about that and they only said, oh, it presents it in young boys, then we were just missed. We were being looked over. We we're being ignored. And then we had to live with that silently and, and go through this on our own. And so I think so many women are, are getting, feeling empowered by relating to other women who are, who are misdiagnosed or, or late diagnosed. And like you're talking about with trauma and all of that is, I felt like that when I was diagnosed with anxiety last year or two years ago, and I've had anxiety my entire life. <laughs> um, and I kept thinking, okay, I have anxiety and I looked into it and I identified with, with everything with anxiety, but there was still something missing. There was still some stuff that wasn't making any sense to me, or I, I still struggled. And when I found ADHD and I started looking to ADHD with women, it was like, like you were talking about the fireworks and all of that, all of that was happening for me pieces of the puzzle were fitting in and I actually felt like this is it this is this is what I was looking for this is what I struggled with but I I didn't I lived with this way this way my entire life I've been this person my entire life and even I didn't see the signs because like everybody else all I had ever known is that it was you know hyperactive boys and so to hear and other women's stories like yours. And, and it's so validating for me. It's so validating for so many other women out there. And I just, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I think that so many women are going to be listening to this podcast or watching this video and go, oh my gosh, that's, that's me. And I, I feel so connected in this part of this community. And it's, it's great because the more, the more women that we can save in that way, I think is so important because getting diagnosed is just the beginning. And I always say that I say it is just the beginning. Cause after that, you got to learn how to support yourself and you're learning about ADHD and you're learning how to thrive and just like also learning how to validate and stand up for yourself and, and advocate for your needs. And I think mm -hmm. that is so hard is, is to stop and go, no, no, no. I do have a really intelligent brain, creative, strong, resilient, but I do need support in, in these areas. And I think mm -hmm. that validation, when you hear other women going through the same things and standing up and validating for themselves, it just gives other women the opportunity to, to do the same and, and to have a voice. And, um, like I said, this community, man, it's insane. It's, it's so great. It's, um, it's really helped me through, through so much. And, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate you sharing your story and, and being here with me and, and talking to me about it. And, um, you know, empowering other women along the way. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Do you want to plug your, your packet you were talking about for the free guide and then maybe the, your videos or. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Kate underscore more Yousef, but also I've got my own podcast and, and it's really worth listening to because I've got some great guests who are sharing their knowledge, their expertise. It's called the ADHD women's wellbeing podcast. And it's just been put on the Apple New and Noteworthy on, on their section. I so saw I'm that! So happy because it just shows that this content and these conversations are needed. So head to the podcast where there's so many, we're having great conversations about ADHD and well being. So looking after ourselves. 
so we can thrive. Um, I've got, like I said, I've got that free guide of if you suspect you've got ADHD, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. And then I've also got a women's wellbeing toolkit that um, is really helpful for anyone who wants to kind of improve their wellbeing with uh, ADHD. And that's it, you know, like just come and join me online, come and find me. My website is coachingbykate.me.uk. So it's coachingbykate.me.uk. And um, yeah, I'd love to connect and hear from you. But I really want to thank you for inviting me on here as well, Katie, because I think you're doing a great job. And I think so many people are going to resonate with your videos and your story and you know the work that you're doing because it is incredibly uh, important the more of us are sharing Mm -hmm. the less stigma is attached to it the more we can have honest authentic conversations and I think the most important thing is that we don't feel like we have to hide and we don't have to we can be our true selves and we can talk about it and um, people can feel that it's okay to share where they're struggling and where you know where they're possibly where their strengths lie but also where some of our challenges lie as well Mm -hmm. so thank you so much Katie I'm proud of you as well for advocating for yourself and telling your story because it's not always easy to tell your story um, but it's almost necessary well that's it for today if you'd like to be a part of the KDHD community check out my patreon where you can connect with fellow ADHDers get some goodies and help support this podcast Thanks for coming on this journey with me today, and I'll see you next time. The KDHD podcast is written, produced, and edited by me. The wonderful music you are hearing was created by my dear friend Sylvie. And for resources on this episode, check out the show notes on my website. Bye!